0: So, if you're like me, you've probably heard a lot about spiritual warfare. Give me a wave or a nod or something if you've had. You've been in church a, a fair while, you would have heard about spiritual warfare where we talk about this battle that we're in, uh, uh, the, the, the ultimate battle between good and evil, about um, uh, Satan and Jesus. And we, we hear about it, we preach about it, we talk about it. And um, it's, it is a fight, it's real, but um, we often don't talk very much about living in spiritual victories. So we're always talking about, you know, fighting, combat, war, uh, spiritual um, uh, armour and all these kind of things and, and how we do battle. But what, we, what we've not really focused on, at least I'd say here uh, in my time, is living in victory. And so the theme that we have for this season is victory and how we, how we live in victory and how we can apply that in our life so that we become better people. And by the way, um, someone asked me this morning, have you lost weight? And I said, yeah, I've been watching boxing videos and it's, look, it's working. It's amazing. <laughs> and every time Pauline walks past me, she said, you're on your phone again. I'm, no, I wasn't. I was looking at Alvanto. That's how... So basically what what victory is to me, this is just my own ideas of it. Um, I'll try and get it right. It's how we live after the war. So victory is how we live after the war. So in the US, they did a study on war veterans. And in this study, they discovered that 30% of US war veterans... Uh, develop post-traumatic stress. Uh, it's a disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD for short. And uh, what happens is is the effects of that can be uh, distressing flashbacks. So they're living always with a with connection back to some traumatic event that they, they saw or they were part of. Um, so they have distressing flashbacks. They have um, unexplained aggression. So they're aggressive, but they don't even know why, just upset and angry. Uh, they have nightmares, Uh, They can suffer memory and concentration problems, so they find it very difficult to step back into uh, a normal work environment. Uh, They can have sleep disorders, uh, physical symptoms that are unexplained, um, uh, just basically being irritable all the time. And these symptoms often cause severe impairment in all areas of life because they're carrying a post-traumatic stress from the war. So the war's over, the war's finished. They come back home, but that war is still being played out in their mind, in their world, in their life. So maybe, just maybe, there are PTSD Christians who have never enjoyed the victories that Jesus wants us to enjoy. So we don't want to be that person. So the, the thing, I think what happens is, is we can go through spiritual battles. Who's ever you know, discovered you've been through a battle? You've been through spiritual battles. I think everyone has at some point in time. But what happens is we live in an unhealthy state if we're always on edge like the battle's still raging around us. So it's like, oh, what, what did the pastor say? Was that about me? And they're all results of this PTSD in a Christian's world who, who's always on edge, always like, ooh. You know. I'm going to show you some really interesting things today so hopefully um, we can get better from today's message. So the people of Israel... Um, let me see uh, when there was no one left to fight they split the kingdom and had wars against each other isn't that crazy so you know the story of the people of Israel. They, that God brought them out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. Moses came, led them out. They went through the wilderness. They were waiting for the promised land. They get to the promised land. They, have a, a, they, they conquer all the other enemies in the promised land. So we have King Saul. If, you, if you've been in church a long time, you know these, who these people are. There's King Saul. He wages war against the enemy. has um, many, many victories. Then there's King David. Again, he's the most victorious king they've ever had. Um, beats all the enemies. Then David. Then, then King David has a son called King Solomon, and there's peace throughout the land. No, no enemies want to fight them. So because there's, there's peace and there's, there's a, a blessing on the land, they, they, they become very, very prosperous. It says there's gold everywhere, there's silver everywhere, uh, copper and bronze is worth nothing. Um, you know, so there's just this incredible season of God's blessing because they've got no one to fight anymore, then the next thing that happens, you think, wow, what a great legacy to be passed on if you're the next king. To think, wow, yeah, we're rich, we're happy. everyone's." It's like we're, 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 we're the ultimate cashed up bogans here. We've all got speed boats, we've all got jet skis, we're living in you know, three-story mansions, we've got rot wheelers, we've got everything we could ever want. But see, what happens next is, uh, you'd think that's a great stepping stone, but the kingdom splits apart because when there was no more enemy on the outside, they began to find enemies on the inside. And th- so they, they they divided the kingdom. They didn't d- divide the kingdom and so say they had someone to fight, but they divided the kingdom and then began to fight against each other. So sad. So um, to have victory and enjoy it, we have to win in the supernatural things and allow God to keep us focused on who the real enemy is. Not to start seeing the enemies all around us that are not really enemies. So as a church, uh, we have been doing this for, for quite a number of years now. We start the year with prayer and fasting. Um, because we want to go into the we want to go into things right at the beginning beginning of the year, um, fighting to take the ground. Fighting to take some things, so maybe to, to, to build some level uh, platforms that we can stand securely on. So you might be thinking, why should we fast and pray? Should I be involved in this? You know what? It helps you to set things up for the rest of the year. It helps you to prepare a platform, to t- start taking some, some ground from the enemy in your own personal life so that you can stand firmer, whatever happens next, whatever comes. So some of us need to get some ground. Turn to the person next to you and say, take some ground. That's good. On that confession this morning, I believe you're going to take some ground. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1 to 3, I want to give you some lessons on war and victory. It says, I'll read it out to you. After this... The armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meanites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's my second most favorite king in the Bible. Hezekiah's my first one, but Jehoshaphat's the second. So there you go. Um, it says, Messengers came and told him. Came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at, uh, uh, I won't say that the name there, the easy name is En which if you know your Bible... Geography, it's probably less than 80 kilometers away from where his capital city of Jerusalem is. So if you can imagine, there's an army coming against us and right now they're roundabout at Mount Hope. And you're thinking, oh dear, that's not too far away. And they might be thinking, well, we could all run away and escape, but there is nowhere really else to go. They're going to get you anyway. So it says in verse 3, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. And he also, get, get this, ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So I want you to see this. Praying together and fasting is a spiritual thing that targets the real enemy. Because, you know, if I, if I was him, I would have said, oh, listen, guys, let's quick, let's call up the army, call out the reserves, call out everybody, even even, even arm the grannies, get them all out there. I send them first. They're expendable. But no, he was a man of God. He's a man of God. He doesn't send anyone. He doesn't, he doesn't think. He's got a physical, he has a very real physical problem. He's got an army. He's got a, a coalition of armies coming against him. And the first thing he says, it, it says there that um, he, he begged the Lord. I guess we could just say he prayed. He took his problem and went straight to the temple. He took his problem and said, God, I need your help right now. Now would be good. And so he, he's immediately taking this, this very physical army threat, military threat, to his entire existence and the existence of his nation. And he says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it to Jesus. I'm going to bring it to God. And it says he begged the Lord. And sometimes we need to have that kind of a desperation. So, you know, for us, sometimes it can be something just like that, that, uh, that um, uh, electricity bill. And you're thinking, man, that is a very real enemy right now. And I don't know how this is going to work out, I don't know the answer, but you need to bring those things as simple as that sometimes and say, God, I need your help. I need your help with this and target the real enemy behind everything. Ephesians 6 verse 12, I didn't want to take a big lot of time on this, but we need to understand from Ephesians 6 uh, what, what the Apostle Paul taught us about spiritual things and spiritual warfare. Uh, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So, so um, uh, what was his name again? King, my second most favourite king. Jehoshaphat. He knows he's not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. He could see an army, he could see the, 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 the approach of this enemy, but he's, see, he's seeing in a spiritual level and he knows he's not fighting flesh and blood enemies. He is fighting against evil rulers, authorities, in the unseen world. So we need to be uh, Christians and believers who can understand we have an unseen enemy. They, uh, we might see some some uh, uh, some symptoms around us, but we have an unseen enemy, which is in the spiritual world. Um, and, and it goes on against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. I want to tell you something. There are evil spirits who want to lie to you. There are evil spirits who want to manipulate you, who want to control you, who want to um, uh, bring things into your world that don't need to be there. I guess the main thing is to dominate you and to keep you separated from the plan that God has for your life. So King Jehoshaphat, he prayed and he called the nation to fast. And when he, when he saw the enemy advancing, he responded with a call for God's help. And that's a great place for us to start when we're thinking about a spiritual victory. We can't live in the victory unless we let God do it for us. So that's the, the first little point I want you to understand this morning. So I love what happens next. Let me tell you what happens next. Do you want to know what happens next? Thank you. Second Chronicles 20, uh, verses 20 and 21, it says, The king... Uh, tells the army, he he does a little speech. says they gathered the army together and he has a little speech before they go and do anything. And he basically says, believe the word. He says, believe in God. And he says, and believe in God's prophets. So he's basically saying, we've got to have our parameters right in our life. If we're going to live in victory, we've got to have the right belief structure. And the same goes for us today. If we want to live in the victory that God has planned for us, have the right belief structure. So often we can adopt wrong belief structures and we think, well, sometimes it's hearsay, sometimes it's just what we think or what we've imagined. And uh, we've got to realize that that if we want to live uh, in the grace and the power of God, have the right belief system and structure in place. So next thing, this is is the, the, the real out there bit. He put worship leaders in front of the army and had them lead the army. Now they weren't going to have a a sports competition, they weren't going to the drags, that is in racing, (laughs) sorry the language has changed a little bit, but they're going to a war and King Jehoshaphat says, well we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go into this Seeing the spiritual behind this attack right now, the spiritual thing behind this threat, I want to tell you something. you 've got to realize in your life there is going to be threats that have a spiritual, that have a spiritual uh, root, that have a spiritual foundation. And when you can start to uh, realize that and go the thing that is going to change it is where my belief structure is balanced and, and anchored in, then you can go into that and have great victories in a sp- supernatural spiritual level. So what happens? He puts these worship leaders in front of the army. They're all the worship leaders are going, what are they doing? They're thinking, we're expendable. <laughs> Come on, all you worship, get your violins, get that, you know, the, the keyboard players going, oh, this is a bit too heavy. <laughs> it's okay, put that on a trailer. Off you go. He sends them toward the enemy. And I'll tell you something, in this church, we'll always lead our church with worship out the front. You know, that's why we do what we do. When we come together on a Sunday, when we come together, most times for any meeting, we'll we'll virtually always have a worship. What's that about? What do we do that for? I'll turn up after that's finished. Many people think that. I'll turn up after, it's just wasting time. No, you know something. That's that's an amazing spiritual element to uh, gaining victories. As we go, we go into everything with our worship up the front, because that takes that takes the issue off off the worry and the problem of what is whatever it is. It is against us corporately, individually, whatever. It takes the emphasis off of that and saying we're going to give God glory, we're going to honor Jesus right now, we're going to lift His name high. That's what worship does. It breaks the power at a spiritual level, and then can can uh, dissolve things in a physical level. So, our best fight is fought in worship. If you want to fight the best, fight worship. It's where the best, it's where the best battles are won. So, when they, when they did that, when, when Jehoshaphat started to march, there's another, another key there, he began to march. He didn't just say, okay, worship leads you to stand up front we're just going to hope that they go away. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a bit like that. I, I, I always just think, you know, I just don't say anything, pretend I didn't see anything and I just hope it goes away. Who, who does that? It's old emu with its head in the sand. I'm an expert. But you know something, Jehoshaphat says, you know what, here's the enemy, they're, they're 80 k's away. And uh, we, we're either just going to wait for them to arrive or we're going to do something. He prays. He gets the worship leaders out the front and then they start to march. They start to march right up to the enemy and it says that the enemy began to fight against each other. So there's there about three or four different kings, I think, and it says that you know, one, one group started fighting the other group and then that group started fighting that group and they all start fighting each other. And so, so the enemy you know, basically destroyed each other's armies and Jehoshaphat didn't have to do anything. So they started attacking each other and the best part of the story I want, that I want to get to when it comes to our victory, 2 Chronicles 20, verses 27 and 30, it tells us this. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem. All, those, all these guys, they marched out. The worship leaders led them out. They, they marched out. They didn't even have to fight. And it says, they all, all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had, giving, had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem um, uh, to the music of harps, lyres and and trumpets and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them so Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace uh, for his God had given him rest on every side. And I love that the, the, the bit there in the very the very start, um, verse twenty-seven, where it said, For the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. And I want to tell you, we need to step into uh, living and uh, being comfortable with living in victory. Because as I explained before, we can live with a, a, a PTSD kind of a, a experience in life, and we're always on edge, we're always jumpy, we're always, we're always uh, thinking what's the next thing. But one of the things I, I think we need to step into is a season of victory where we're saying, we, we don't have to fight all the time. Because what I find is people who live in that heightened sense of, of, of uh, um, warfare all the time is if there's no spiritual enemy to attack, then they'll start attacking other people. Well, they're, not, they're not here early enough. They're not they're, they're, they're not serving like I serve. They're not giving enough. They're not doing. And so we start to think, well, the, the focus has changed from the real enemy who's destroying people's lives. And, and we think, well, we, we're not seeing that right now for whatever purpose or reason. But we start to say, oh, what, what are they not doing in the church that's right? There's always things that aren't right around us. But that, that's not the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. The enemy is Satan. He wants to he wants to lie, steal, manipulate, kill and destroy, ruin lives and families. We need to keep our focus on that kind of enemy. And what Jesus wants to do, Jesus said, I've come to give life and give it to the full. He wants to give you, he wants to bring correction to the to to the broken parts, to the lies, to the to the myths, truths, to the to all those bondages and breakdowns. He wants to lift you out of that and bring you into his glorious light. It says so there's a kingdom of darkness, Satan and and uh, and 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 his demons, evil spirits, and there's a kingdom of light which is Jesus Christ and uh, the powers of heaven. That want to uh, invade our life and create an environment of power to live in victory. So fight the right fights and know when it's time to stop fighting. Otherwise, you'll find yourself fighting all the wrong fights. So we can spend our time forever fighting battle after battle or we fight battles and enjoy the seasons of victory. You know, you, you've got to have times where you fight. You've got to have times where you you, you go out and, and fight for things spiritually. But there are times where you've just got to enjoy the victory. And when you're in that season of enjoyment, you, you just enjoy life. You just say, thank you, God. I've, um, you know, sometimes you think, well, I've, I've had such a battle in such and such an area. But you know what? I feel that I've got victory now. I can just start enjoying myself. That's okay. We need to... If we're going to live in victory, we know how to live after the war's over. We're not always in a constant uh, state of, of uh, agitation. So perhaps today you're stuck somewhere in your progress. Maybe I'll have the musicians come and join me right about now. But you may be stuck in your progress. Maybe you're in the middle of a battle right now. That's okay. We go through those. Maybe you're in a season of victory and you, you somehow feel, feel guilty or ashamed that you, you shouldn't have such ease in your life. You know what? It's okay. It's good. Learn to enjoy that season. Just like um, uh, King Jehoshaphat and his, and his people, they went to the house of God and they worshipped and they, they played instruments and they, had a, they basically had a, a celebration because of what God had brought them through. You know, every time we come to worship God in church, it's a powerful statement that we're living in victory, that God is our victor, that Jesus Christ has, has been put in the right place of order in our life. So I know that Jesus has a plan for you. And he has a way forward for you. He has a way through for you because Jesus has won the victory for you. And I want to encourage you today that the victories are yours when you'll push through and allow Jesus the place that he wants to take. So One Heart Church, let's, let's uh, talk each other into miracles and victories. Let's uh, be encouraged to, to uh, help one another battle through some things. And then, you know, the, the other part about great about church is we need to learn to celebrate together some of the victories that we've won. And we need to have a combination of both so, so that we're not always uh, wielding the sword. But sometimes we can put the sword down in safety and the, we can just start eating some party pies and some, some lamingtons. So worship is your victory. So I know that we've got so much, we've got ground to take and we've got victories to enjoy. God does things in the supernatural that we that we could never imagine. That's why we call them miracles. One Heart Church says, let's get ready for miracles. Let's believe for victories. So perhaps you, you need a victory in your work. Maybe uh, you, you might need a victory at home. Maybe you even need a home. I, I'm not sure where, where everyone's at, but maybe you need a, a victory in that part of your life. Some Uh, it's victory in business where you're thinking I I know what uh, I want to see I know where I want to go but it seems to be so difficult so far out there and you might be thinking well um, don't have the customers or don't have don't have the products or whatever it is that you're looking at they're they're those physical armies when you start to call God into that and ask for a supernatural intervention then those things start to change perspective maybe you've got health You need a health victory. That's where we we need to trust God for miracles. You need to tackle those things spiritually. And that's how to get victory. I want to encourage you. Worship. Lift your hands. Raise your voice. Just give it a shot if you've never done it before. Miracles of victory that only God can do, can start. When you come into church, no matter what's been going on, whatever has been stacking against you, and you say, I'm going to come to the house of God, I'm going to combine my voice, I'm going to raise my hands in honor of Jesus, and we start to lift His name high, changes is a spiritual thing. We go from fighting flesh and blood things we can see, to fighting things in the heavenlies that are behind it all. So victory comes through. I'm going to give you three quick keys, and you can just jot these down. Number one, who you listen to and connect with. Make sure you align yourself with the Jehoshaphats of life. Someone who's a leader who can say, you know what? We can just focus on the army in front of us, or we can call upon the God who is above us. Connect yourself to the right people. To, to the right people in the right places can make a huge difference to victory number two what you believe what you believe Jesus will do for you 1 Corinthians 15 verse 2 talks about uh, believing maybe you look that scripture up believe believe in your salvation believe that Jesus has made a way for you to be right with God And when that is in its right place then everything falls into place around it. and the third one What you do with the challenges before you. And I'll give you the key there is worship. Whatever the challenge is, worship. And from those three points, we may need to uh, adjust some things in our life, change some things that we're doing, put some things in a, a different order or priority.